1: Welcome to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Ashlyn Sullivan, Joe Fordyce, Al Moore, D&T here with you, breaking down the second day of the NHL draft and the Flyers' eight selections and really giving our overall thoughts now that the draft has come to a close. It was a busy second day. Five forwards, three defensemen, two goaltenders. And guys, let's start with round two because the Flyers went into today. Without a second-round pick, GM Danny Breer said he wasn't happy with that during his pre-draft availability. He wanted to get back in that round. So they traded into it, and they took a goaltender, Carson Bjarnson. I'm going to have to get used to saying these names. But Al, one of the top-rated Canadian goalies, and they went back-to-back goalies in the second and third round.
2: Yeah, I think that's what was interesting, the back-to-back part. And I guess what you're looking at is somebody trying to stuff a cupboard full of – uh futures and uh, cards to deal if you have to and i know that the um i guess the the, the, the scary part would be does this mean hart has gone well i i think that there's some insurance there i mean you don't know what you know what's going to happen so i do think there is some insurance there but i don't think it's a foretelling that the goaltender is on his way out i just think it's a matter of Let's stock the cupboard with guys that would be valuable in the future and goaltending candidates are valuable.
1: Right. And Joe, even Danny Breer said it himself that goaltenders, they take a while to develop. So this isn't a thing where a thought where, oh, well, now it's definitely Carter Hart's out of here next week. This takes some time and it is an insurance policy, if anything.
0: Yeah, and I, I think when you look around the league, and and you look at the comment he made right before the one you just referred to, when he said you can never have enough goaltenders, mm-hmm. um, and I think when just to use an example as a example from this past season, I mean Alex Lyon, who looked when he was with the Flyers, looked like a guy who really probably was not an NHL goaltender, and he was starting playoff games for the Florida Panthers this past um playoffs so they do take a a long time to to figure out whether they are cut out for the nhl and he did say that carter hart i mean he's kind of a rare case where he just comes up and he kind of bursts on the scene um so it's kind of he kind of painted a picture that it's fine either way but in no way is the drafting of the two goaltenders signify that they are shopping Carter Hart or that it's a foregone conclusion that he's being traded so I I I I don't I'm not thinking too much into that
1: right and we now go to the third round and this is kind of just the theme of of really the second day but the Flyers draft as a whole is that they took some chances they took some swings here on unconventional picks so in the third round they take Denver Barkley who's a center and undersized for sure they're listed at he's listed at five eight but scouts saying he's one of the favorites you know that they drafted and i like they said you know we're gonna take some swings and undersized forwards it was definitely a trend this year
2: yeah when you look at it i mean they obviously would wanted right-handed shot defensemen and of the of the forwards they took i believe only one six feet tall mm-hmm. so they they went that route and I, and I guess what it tells you is all the all the warnings that we've had throughout that the flyers just don't have that skill level they're willing to give up a bit of size for guys that have some skill level at least in the future to see what happens so i still prefer i mean at times the bigger guy i think you need it um but this team right now man they could just use skill and i think what you see is that the uh, reaction to it's like all right we'll see maybe two of them don't want if one makes it they're, they're, then you'll have enough guys to kind of push. Push somebody else to, to be, to make the play to be a playmaker. If uh, we don't, if one of them doesn't, if one of them comes out of this, they're in good shape. If Morgan Frost can play, you know, you've got you're looking at obviously the Russian that they got. So at least now they had that in the pipeline. They've got that skill set covered.
0: Yeah, Ashlyn, I think to you know, Danny Berrier talked about this today that they need. To, they needed to focus on getting more skill and goal scoring and the lack thereof that's currently on this roster. So it's it was clearly a focus here um, and Al, as Al said the, the, they're willing to sacrifice size but you know y- you can I think you can make up for some of the size elsewhere. Um, we see it around the league. this is a a, a speed and skill league. And it becomes more so each season. And I think this draft reflects that uh, when you look at it as a whole for the Flyers.
1: Right. And Al, Danny Brear, he mentioned it as well that with 10 picks, you also have the flexibility where you can take some of these chances. There's so many picks. It's okay. It's not the end of the world if one of two of them don't work out.
2: Well, I can guarantee you one or two of them aren't going to work out. <laughs> I, can, I can probably guarantee four of them aren't going to work out. Uh, but you've got – you know, it's funny when you look at what they've done with the un, with the skilled forwards. With the exception of the Islanders and Lou Lamorello, he seems to be the last one that's saying we can win with defense and goaltending. Otherwise, it looks like, you know, we're going to take those runs. We're going to have – Highly skilled forward, so I guess that's what you're gonna do. And yeah, you're right. It, it, it's very likely. Who knows which ones won't? It may turn out that one of the guys that you actually thought was a more of a uh, a reach, maybe it's Bonk, maybe it's the Knubel, ends up the guy. But you want to have that. It's always risky with. Uh, it's always risky with high end talent to see how it progresses. I think we saw the kid from Denver who had the the injury, Brink. Um, you know, high skill. Does that really play out? And you find out and oftentimes in that really tough American League whether they can hack it in a league like that and then make that step up to the NHL.
1: Right. It is time to rush to new rewards at Rivers Casino. Now there's a whole new way for you to earn, redeem, and level up your rewards. Get your new Rush Rewards card and get more out of your game at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, Joe, when you look at the second day as a whole, we talked about Breyer wanting to take swings, and he saw the upside in a lot of these picks. But something we talked about ad nauseum every pre- and post-game show was that there was just not enough offense on this team last season. So now they go with five forwards, day two. Where do you feel like this offense stands now as a whole?
0: Well, in the future, it's probably going to look better than it does right now. Um, Right now, I think the same barring – some unforeseen additions to this team, which so far this off season, I don't think the additions are going. It doesn't appear that there's going to be many additions to the current roster for right now. So I think the scoring issues will still be a thing, but if some of this pans out, it could look good going forward, which is what this is about. And, you know, particularly with the pick last night that they, I I think Al used the word luck last night with the first round. And, you know, you, you got a, a highly skilled guy that could really be uh, the type of player that ends up being your leading scorer for, uh, you know, a decade plus. Uh, now, of course, that has to pan out. But still, that's the kind of that's the goal. That's the vision when you pick a player like that. <clears throat> so um, I think that's clearly been their focus. Um we might just have to struggle through another season or two of um, kind of eking through games and um, struggling to make to, – to finish, as Tortorella put, put it a lot last year after a lot of games. They just don't – you know, the guys that they have on this roster – now, they are going to get Couturier and Atkinson back. That is going to help the – score in the scoring department for sure so I do think it will be better I just think it's going to be a few years before we see some of what we saw over the last few days kind of pan out
2: on the ice
1: Ow! what are you doing
2: yeah I think what you yeah the, I well I'm in the car so I try to move the wheel <laughs> I, I think what the uh I think what you got is you're you're going to have your um free agent signings are going to be um, Atkinson and Couturier. They're basically your free agent signings is what you have here. So I think what you're going to have is an immediate response there and some veteran leadership. And I think they'll add some people. There's no doubt. I, and when you go in and unfortunately we're going to be looking through this thing and we're going to be seeing uh, rumors about lot throughout the year as we head toward a trade deadline and I'm curious, to see who you know. How they're going to move its center? What, who's going to be on the power play? Who's going to run that? So your question about the offense is going to be: Well, the two veterans that are coming back certainly going to have that, and they're going to make moves. I, I I don't think they're done with this. I think they're going to find, as you see, free agents that think they're going to get some uh, some more money somewhere else. I think we'll ultimately end up in Philadelphia, guys that that. That are going to work into Tortorella's system. I thought Felino might have been a, a guy like that who ends up uh, ends up going elsewhere. So I think there's still there's still stuff to come here, but I wouldn't look at anybody that you just picked up in this draft as as uh, as potential. I think we're looking at next year with Gauthier, and I, I'm still of the opinion that the Russian's going to get out of there before the three years. Yeah, it's
1: not a quick fix, and John Tortorella told us that so many times last season, Joe. He also talked a ton at the end of the season about the subtraction and getting off the bus, and it seems like that has not fully hit yet, but I am seeing on Twitter and in the hockey sphere that there was talks of Travis Konechny now staying with the Flyers. That was a guy that we were kind of unsure about, but that would also be a huge help if TK is still on this team.
0: So I I would suspect with Konechny that – Maybe the Flyers floated him, but they floated him at a high price, and maybe they weren't happy with the offers they were getting. That's not to say that down the road they aren't happy with an offer that they get, but maybe just right now. Um, you know, t- the market's a little tough for a big trade in the offseason because there's not a team that sees they're right on the brink of a cup in, in terms of it being in the season. Mm -hmm. And so I think that drives the market up. And if Konechny goes out there and plays like he played last season prior to his injury, and then even some after he came back, you know, the market for him is only going to go get, get higher. And really, you know, it's clear the Flyers are going to listen on everyone. And that includes Konechny. I'm sure that includes Hart. Um, And, you know, just because, Maybe they're not getting the kind of offers they would like right now. Doesn't mean that they won't eventually down the road. So I would uh I, I wouldn't I'm not completely closing the book on a potential trade for Connecty, because I do think he's one of the pieces on this team that the Flyers could get a, a decent haul back for. So we'll see. As with everything else, I think we'll see. But that one I would expect to be within next season or something like that, as opposed to within the next few weeks.
1: Right. Now the price should be high. I think it'd be,
2: yeah. I, I think it'd be a pretty bold move. I mean, even if you're going through a rebuild, the fans have to have somebody that they connect with literally buy a jersey with a name on it. And when you look at this team, you know, you're going to go to the game. You want to watch a guy. You want to know. Some, you want to know some of the players on the team. Uh, you want to be excited about them. And you really look at it. Hayes is gone. JVR is gone. I mean who 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 is your quote fan favorite uh, coming in coming into the building? I, I think you I think there's some responsibility there, even in a rebuild, uh, to have something that remains and so, somebody that you know. <laughs> and and uh, I, I think the fans would be, I know I would be, if just speaking as a season ticket holder, It would be a real tough – it would be a tough, tough ask for me that Konechny leaves because, man, you know, Kateria didn't play. Atkinson didn't play. And I know Hayes was the all-star, but Konechny was the guy that took me out of my seat. And there weren't many nights for that with the the Flyers last year.
1: No, it's so true. When you walk around Wells Fargo, you see a lot of Konechny. You see a lot of heart. That's so up in the air. I think Owen Tippett – can become that Joe, but there's still work to be yeah. done there where you have that fan favorite. There's definitely not a hundred percent choice right now.
0: Yeah. And I, I think Tippett is, is a, um, is a very interesting case because that, that, um and I've brought this up several times on this podcast and the conversations we've had here that that's a move that Chuck Fletcher doesn't necessarily get credit for because a lot of his tenure was surrounded by negative things. But when you look at, I mean, you traded a franchise icon, you know, one of the leading scorers in the history of the franchise, uh, one of the more notable captains in the history of this team. And you kind of got backed into a corner with the trade, and you still got this return, a draft pick, plus Owen Tippett, who did – more than I think anyone could have expected last season and with his age uh, I think he just he is probably just scratching the surface and could get much better and I think that'll be interesting to take a look at when especially when you consider that Couturier and Atkinson are coming back so he's going to be playing with scorers and playmakers Uh, assuming that he gets time with those two players you would think he would with at least one of them so Um, Yeah, I think Owen Tippett is interesting. You know, I think he's established himself based on last year as part of this foundation going forward. And when asked about the coach, he said all the right things about getting coached hard early on when John Tortorella came here and crediting that coaching for – how the season played out for him. And I think that's, that is right up the alley of, of things that John Tortorella wants to hear and wants to see play out with several players on the team that he's coaching.
1: Absolutely. He handled that so well. One of the few that said it it benefited him and impacted him in a positive direction. And guys, before we go and finish up this podcast, when you look at this draft overall, me only being here one season, I, I'm reading all about how this is so different for the Flyers, how this was really more aggressive than their drafts in the past. Do you agree? What's so different about it?
2: I think what's different, Ashlyn, is you mentioned it earlier, that went for the guy with the skill level, maybe smaller, uh, rather than the um, uh, Western Canadian work course, uh, that that they generally like to get. Uh, with the, not as high a ceiling, but he's going to, he's going to fit in. He's going to be a hard, solid worker. Not that these guys won't work hard, but the selling point on these players is high skill, high end, uh, um, could be a breakthrough player rather than, you know what? uh, There's no floor on our guy. He's going to work hard. He's going to be a valuable member. He's going to fit in. Now these guys, there's some risk. So I think there's, there's a higher risk with this one compared to others and more willingness to take that risk on non quote flyer type guys from the past.
0: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that because I think when you look back at a tenure of the GM, like Ron Hextall, when he was here, there was not a lot of high risk, high reward type of moves. It was kind of, um, very buttoned up and this is not what that is. And, um, you know, it listen, Danny Briere flat out said it. One of the things we focused on was taking big swings. I, that's not a mindset that this franchise has been familiar with for the last uh bunch of years. Um, so uh, to me, I think if from a flyer fan perspective, that has to be refreshing even though the impact is not going to be immediate, immediate, it has to be refreshing to hear the GM say that. And then I think another thing that I that just stands out to me is the 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 Cole Canooble drafting the son of uh, former Flyer Mike Canooble, who scored some big goals for this team. I think that name will be exciting to follow uh, and see how he progresses through the Flyer system and if he turns into something. Because I think that will always, you know. Mike Knubel was part of some big playoff runs here. And I think that would be a really cool thing for fans and the organization to see through if indeed Cole Knubel can make it to the Flyers one day.
1: That is a cool storyline. Something we'll definitely pay attention to in the coming months. It has been a lot of movement for the Flyers this offseason. We all have a feeling it is not done yet. So stay tuned here for our next Flyers Talk episode. For Joe Fordyce, Almore Nancy, I am Ashlyn Sullivan, and we will see you next time.